welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. This week, we're going to talk about an interesting fraud. Why is it interesting? Because most of us as Indians take great pride in the success of people of Indian origin. They've begun to occupy the corner office in the world's largest and most powerful corporate houses, and every action of theirs makes headlines in India. The flip side to this is that people of Indian origin also make headlines for their zip and enterprise in another kind of activity, which is committing giant frauds, running scams, market manipulation. But these stories are buried in tiny reports and rarely ever make it to the front pages or are the subject of television debates. For instance, how many of us remember that there was a flash crash, first of all, on 6th May 2010? Now, I quite understand that many of our viewers are investors who came into the market after COVID, so you would never have heard of what happened as far back as 2010. But do you know that in five minutes, it wiped out over a trillion dollars, and all this was the handiwork of one young reclusive Indian called Navinder Singh Sarau, trading alone out of West London. Those who want to know the fascinating story should read a book called Flash Crash by Liam Vaughan, who describes a global manhunt to catch Sarau whom he calls a trading someone. But be that as it may, we are talking about another 43-year-old making news around the world, but small little news stories in India. He doesn't figure in any of our debates. We are too busy with Adani. His name is Pratik Gupta of Ushdev International. He's got a history in India of cheating our banks, huge amount of money. He has recently acquired dubious cred of having cheated Trafigura, a global commodity trading giant, the amount is over half a billion dollars in a nickel deal. This is when his admitted dues to Indian banks are over 3,500 crore. His total liabilities are 4,205 crore. He's being investigated by the Central Bureau of Investigation. But as you know, nothing much comes out of it after some dates. So what is Pratik Gupta's story? Let's start with why he's in the news today. So on 9th February, the Trafigura group issued a press release. That's when the world got to know about it. Trafigura said that it had discovered a systematic fraud committed by a group of companies connected with Pratik Gupta. And it has admitted to a hit of nearly $577 million, which would translate to a deal for 25,000 tons of what it calls containerized nickel. Now, what Trafkara had done was entered into a transit finance deal, or what those of you who remember the security scam would know as a ready-forward deal where you could buy nickel from companies connected with Gupta and sell them back to the same companies at a fixed future date at a higher price that covers interest cost. But around October 2022, it began to have some doubts about what was going on. Come to why it finally woke up. But Trafkara decided to inspect eight shipping containers and found they did not contain nickel or even nickel alloy. Then it expanded its inspection to a few hundred containers out of over 1,100 that were covered by its transaction with Gupta. Instead of nickel or nickel alloy, whose prices have shot up since the Russia-Ukraine conflict, the Containers contained carbon steel, whose value is a fraction that of nickel. Now, Trafigura is a large company. 
it ought to know what is happening. It operates across the commodity markets and employs 12,000 people in 156 countries. It's powerful, but it was cheated by our friend from India. Trafkara rushed to court in February and obtained from the High Court in UK a worldwide freezing order of 625 million against Mr. Gupta and his companies, which include TMT Metal Holdings and others. Now, TMT is based in London. This order came from London. And this means that every individual and business is restrained from dealing with Mr. Gupta's assets anywhere in the world. Remember, our bankers are apparently still waiting to get their money. So if they were planning to chase anybody or the CBI, this is going to affect them. It makes news for us if we want to look at it that way. Now, reports in the inter international media suggest that Chafigura has a legitimate business relationship with Mr. Gupta from 2015. This is important in the Indian context. Prior to this, Gupta had inflicted even greater losses on Indian public sector banks. And the years are important. He was building his international commodity business, it appears, by diverting money illegally through Indian bank loans. He then bought a metal company, TMT Metals AG, in 2016, based in London. He also has companies in Singapore, Malaysia, Switzerland. The sequence is quite interesting. Let's come to India now. So the Indian company, Ushdev International, was actually founded by the late Vijay Gupta, who was Pratik Gupta's father. He had started life as a commission agent, then set up power generating and steel trading companies. The promoters own 54%. The rest of it is with the public. It's listed. 43-year-old Pratik Gupta has become the managing director after his father's demise in 2009. His mother, Suman Gupta, who... Turns out is a citizen of the Republic of Dominica. Yes, they operate in India, take loans from India, but they are foreign citizens. Was the chairperson. His younger brother was a vice chairman. Nice family enterprise, which was doing all right until the significant year 2015-16. In fact, in FY 15-16, it reported a 52 crore profit. That's around the time it began business with Chafigura. The very next year, FY 16-17, it reported a huge loss of 229 crore. In fact, things went downhill so rapidly after that. And very soon, it figured in the Reserve Bank of India's second list of top 30 defaulters. So you remember when this bankruptcy bill was passed with great fanfare, there were first the dirty dozen, or actually the six biggest ones, but a list of 12 came up from the RBI, it asked banks, file for bankruptcy. The biggest names were involved. Then there was a second list of 30 and Ushdev International was one of them. So bankruptcy proceedings were started by State Bank of India soon after. Typically, no investigation has happened even today into how public sector banks extended such huge loans to Pradeep Gupta, bank backed as always by empty personal guarantees. This has turned out to be the case in one after the other. Thousands of crores of bad debts backed by personal guarantees that run into thousands of crores, which are just a list of assets. And when the banks try to encash, there are no assets there. In Ushdev's case, 
there should be an investigation because I know of at least one public sector lending institution that got suspicious fast enough and showed him the door, making a, this a fit case to examine why others were sleeping. Why were there no red flags? Do they not talk to each other? So let's look at this institution. The head of this institution tells me off the record that he was approached by Pratip Gupta for a credit facility to back steel exports. Financials looked good at that time. He had impeccable references. He provided guarantees. So they sanctioned him a small line of credit of 10 million. It was secured against a property in Bombay and corporate guarantees, as well as a personal guarantee from Ushdev and the promoters. Things went well for nine months and he was paying on time. But the lender began to get worried because of the kind of dealings that he had. Too many high seas sales, dealings with parties that this organization had never heard about, not to mention the way his documents were structured. So they began to get a little iffy. When the loans were about to come up for renewal, they said the guarantees will continue. Gupta didn't like it. He felt that he had established a record and he no longer wanted the personal guarantees for the rollover or the bigger loan. Meanwhile, he had begun to borrow heavily from other Indian banks. He wanted clean credit here. This institution said no and showed him the door. But obviously, no other bank was bothered. They went on to lend him over 3,500 crore, led by, as always, in innumerable cases, State Bank of India. Now, let's come to the bank losses in India. In 2017, when SBI filed insolvency proceedings at, under instructions from RBI, Ushde vote, like I've said before, 3,500 crore to secured lenders and along with other uh, financial creditors and other lenders, the amount was at least 1,000 crore more. SBI went to the CBI, the CBI registered a case, only in 2022, against Pratip Gupta and his mother, they conducted raids in multiple locations and they were accused of causing a loss based on this one complaint of just 1,438 crore. This is the time when all the dirt comes out. So they suddenly wake up, bankers as always wake up when there is no money and no guarantees. So they find diversion of funds through loans and advances to related entities, manipulation of accounts, false sales to dormant overseas companies. Meanwhile, this man is buying companies abroad, doing great business with Trafigura. Nobody realizes anything. Around the time the CBI raids happen, Citicorp, which was one of the global lenders, wakes up and pulls a line of credit. That's when Trafigura also begins to look. Remember from 2017, the losses should have been apparent even to international agencies. Nobody was looking at it. But such is the state of our insolvency proceedings that it is interesting for you, the listener, to know what happened to this company in India, Ushdev International. There was, like I said, over 4,205 crore that it owed. They discovered one bidder. So hollow was the company that one bidder from Singapore called Taguda PTE came up with an offer of 200 crores. That too payable in four equal tranches in 90 days. No other bidder. 4,200 crore is the debt. One bidder offering 200 crores. This was rejected by the National Company Law Tribunal in Bombay. It was contested by employees and other financial creditors because they said, if you liquidate the company, 
there were two valuers appointed. Do you know what the value was of the li liquidation? 66 crore and 67 crore. Those were the estimates by the two separate valuers. So they said 200 crore is better than that. They're going to continue to run the company. There were rumors around that time that even this was a front and the company was being bought by the promoters of Ushdev. Why not? They had operations now all over the world. In February 2022, NCLT finally, so around the time the CBI was going to get ready to start trading and calling it a fraud. In February 2022, NCLT finally said, okay, Taguda's revival plan is what we approve. They had upped their offer from 200 crore to 227 crore, a little bit higher as against admitted liabilities, like I keep repeating, 4,205 crore. This is the extent to which our banks are looted. There is no action. As you know, liquidation value is 67 crore. Guarantees are empty. Nothing is going to be recovered. How much ever the finance ministry may claim that we will continue to go after them. There is now a global freeze order and CBI has done one raid. It's busy with other things. So Indian banks have lost heavily. Some international bankers, like I said, Citibank continued to do business. They knew when to pull out. And whatever happens next, we will know only through the court hearings in London because Ushdev and Gupta are going to be able to contest that freeze order. Hearings are supposed to start any time now. And believe me, like with the other diamond traders, Jatin Gupta of Suraj Diamonds or Winsome Diamonds, whatever you call it, all runaway, all foreign nationals, huge bad debts in India running into thousands of crores. But we Indians get to know what is happening, what they did, what companies they set up, how money moved only from the proceedings in the UK courts, which thankfully are quite open and available in the internet for people like me to read up. What's worse, like I said, financial re recovery that would happen will probably go to investors abroad. Yet, our finance ministry aggressively tells us recovery action does not stop just because there is a bailout. Who do you believe? If you agree with what I say, let's make an effort to educate more people. Please share this video and subscribe to it. Thank you.